Hey everybody, uh, it's me, back at it again. Um, I listened to, you guessed it, <laughs> I didn't even need to say it. I listened to a lot of Neville Goddard today at work, and um, this really interesting thing he was saying that I thought underscores, and really like, uh, underscores what I have kind of been alluding to with it, but also like underscores I feel like this fact that like this is not a make your own reality type thing. I don't know. Um, It is but it isn't. So he kept talking, one of his lectures he kept mentioning that people did his, did they figured out that they could like they figured out that their imagination affects reality and then they like died like two or three years later like he mentioned several people and I was like why does he keep saying this and he also talks about himself as dying um but he doesn't see death as like the end um he sees it more of like a I think it, like, he views... Well, actually, he's been very explicit about it. He said that uh, death is just... He thinks that uh, it's just the same reality repeated over and over again until you realize that you're Jesus, basically. That until you realize that, like, you're what the Bible is talking about when it's talking about God, David... Uh, God's son David and Jesus God's son which is uh, Neville contends that Jesus is uh, is um, David basically like they're the same David is the Old Testament version of Jesus Um, in the Old Testament King David for those of you uh, I think most people are familiar with that King David um but yeah like in the in the bible king david is this like very like in the old testament king david is like this central figure to the story of uh is israel um and neville is like all these names are just names for like god being within you or god being god um his interpretation i feel like explains honestly it explains a lot um that just seemed to me like when i read the bible i was like you know this doesn't it seems like everything was about like god being the almighty power and god being beyond our understanding but it might actually according to neville's interpretation it could also mean that god is you coming you yourself coming to enlightenment with what he contends is this fact that uh consciousness that the part of you that thinks um, is actually the generative force of all reality, and but that's not the point because, like, like he said, like all these people were dying, they die, you know, and um, he doesn't ever allude to the fact that we have any control over like when we're gonna die, uh, and I don't, I don't, I don't really think so that's the point at all. Like, I think the point is to realize that, like are living your best life and journey right now and it's like yours and you own it 
Um, and so you do what makes you happiest. You do what makes you feel... And what make, by that, I typically mean um, probably a selfless act, honestly. Um, it's going to make you feel happiest. But I don't know where you are on your personal journey, and maybe not. Uh, but that's where a lot of research shows um, most happiness comes from. Actually, there's this really famous study that... Um, I think it was on a radio lab. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of this study. But um, it was like, Can Money Buy You Happiness? was I think the title of the radio lab episode. And there was this study where people were given money. um, And then they measured how happy they were with it, like a year later or something, with the money they're given. I think it's like $100 or something. And some people spent the money on things, um, but other people gave the money away. And the people who gave the money away actually had the measurable, the most, like, happiness or satisfaction from the money um, in, that, in that study. Which is pretty consistent with what I have seen. Um, and how I, how I think life goes. Um, I don't know. And, I, and it's consistent with what Neville Goddard says, too. Because it's like, if you're not attached to stuff and you don't be attached and you're not attached to your external situation and you just say, hey, I'm going to outpicture, I'm just happy right now. I'm good. Um, I'm happy with where I'm at, you know. And if, if you are in a situation with your with somebody who you're not happy with and you don't want to be with, uh, then then don't then then imagine that you're not in that situation anymore <laughs> and it probably won't take long to get out of it man there's like this cloud over there that looks like a funnel cloud like a tornado funnel cloud I'm driving around the airport again and it totally looks like a funnel cloud but I don't think there are supposed to be tornadoes today it's like hanging down real low I don't think it's spinning, though. I don't think it's a funnel cloud. I actually was watching a bunch of YouTube videos with tornadoes recently. I grew up in Tornado Alley, so I've lived my entire life in Tornado Alley. And the place where I grew up, like, we had tornadoes all the time. Like... And everybody had basements, so I grew up in central Illinois. And actually, there's this really famous tornado that occurred in Washington, Illinois. Uh, it was like an F5, I think. And there's all, there's a couple videos from that tornado online. And it, like, destroyed a big portion of that town. Um, just completely, like, laid it to waste. And that town was like five miles from where I grew up (laughs) and there's even a farm like that was next to my house where because I grew up we rented a farm or it was like wasn't a farm but it was like a farmhouse in a cornfield when I was growing up and that's where I lived for a long time and um like there was a farmstead like on the other side of the field and that farmstead got hit by a tornado too 
So, and it was like, you know, when I mean hit by a tornado, I mean like just building pad left, nothing else. Like just concrete pad where like the house was. Or like just like a concrete pad where the barn was and the silos were. It's crazy. Crazy. And the trees look like they got gnawed on like by a giant. Um, anyways, tornadoes are messed up. Probably the only reason I'm talking about it is because, I don't know. I think it's like the only unique thing about the Midwest is that we have these crazy storms that like tornadoes. But that was totally off topic and not directly related to Neville Goddard at all. Um, so, yeah, the. I'm starting to really like ingest this stuff. Because I've just been listening to lecture and after lecture after lecture after lecture, and it's really making sense. It, it, I like it because it blends. I really like it because it blends so well with the science. Even though any like physicist worth their weight or any like legitimate physicist would be like, no, 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 no. it's not the same thing. Um, but it kind of is. I mean, it's just like we just have a philosophical idea of separation that kind of like that things are separate and mechanical that I think prevents us from really understanding these principles. And I think this mythological viewpoint he's taking, even though like he's definitely like everything he says is rooted in, rooted in the Bible, like everything. He's like, this is what scripture is saying. Like this one most recent lecture I listened to, he was like ripping, like not ripping, uh, like, uh, really like being like, all these people who are talking about the end times, they don't know what they're talking about. Like the end times are your, when everybody comes to the realization that they are the Christ. And once we all, his whole idea is that the Christ is the mythological, the story of Jesus, the mythological story of us realizing that our imaginations are the operative principle, that our consciousness is the operative principle in the creation of reality and that's when each individual person realizes that they are the Christ and then when everybody all together realizes it after we all go through all these uh, lives and deaths of slowly coming to this realization uh, our, each lifetime you know bringing you closer to that realization when everybody realizes it that's when everyone unify us together and it's like we're all God so his whole thing I think the promise he talks about this idea of the promise and the idea of the promise is that God split themselves up into humans to experience humanity and so in our human form we have all the trials and emotions and crap that comes with being a human but then there's also this operative thing about our consciousness. So like we think of something, you know, we imagine something or we feel something and then it starts to become into reality but we have to go through all the emotions that come with getting to that place and also um, 
being in that place too. So you're getting there on your way to it and being there. But I want to say from personal experience so far, like particularly the past couple months, I have had a number of things that I actually imagined came to be and then I was like, oh, that's not exactly what I wanted. So I had to like say, okay, no to that thing and no to this other thing. And I'm realizing how much control which seems weird because I was always taught as a kid that mankind having control is the devil's work. Um, like that you actually... And I do think that it's true. Like on one level, you do give up. You do want to fall back into the arms of God. But you also want to like fall back into the arms of like whatever God is delivering up to you kind of and also fall back into faith like he keeps on talking talking about faith so you have faith that like what you are asking for what you are imagining with the techniques is actually happening so what are these techniques the one that Neville Goddard talks about all the time is before you go to sleep uh, imagining imagine a situation that you desire to happen so, and you sink into that feeling as you as you go to sleep, and the idea is that you dream about it when you're sleeping, and that makes it more concrete in reality because the dream state is a state where you're really formulating what happens in the waking state. Even though we're kind of like always creating, like the dream state is like pure consciousness. So you're always formulating in your dream state. Um, It's really weird. Just like... It makes a lot more sense to me in emotion than it does necessarily as I'm explaining it. Um, But I'm hoping that as I listen more to these lectures and probably start reading the Bible a little bit more surrounding them, um, that more will be made clear to me. Um then I can explain it better uh, for those interested in listening, which I think there are a couple people who are more interested in this stuff. Um, yeah, I, I want to give an example, I guess, um, of what I'm talking about when I say, like, I asked for something, but then it wasn't exactly what I wanted. Um, so we were wanting to, our family was wanting to move away from Arkansas where we live and there's some personal family reasons we have for wanting to do that that I don't want to get into um but I'll just say that we really want to get out of Arkansas um but I do like Arkansas a lot it's really beautiful here and unknown and nobody everybody else thinks Arkansas is like backwards and stuff so that kind of helps um because it means it's not overrun tourists and and suburbs and stuff like that so Um, It is poor, but I'll say this about Arkansas. Uh, It's not one of the saddest places in the world. Um, It's one of the the more happier places in the United States. So even though it's one of the poorest states in the United States, it's also one of the happiest, or one of the more happiest. And that is because Arkansas is freaking beautiful. But I shouldn't be be telling everybody on my podcast that... (laughs) But it is the gem of the Midwest. Um, 
is it southern and backwards some, in some ways? Yes, it is. It is very southern. But, you know, one thing about the South is, yes, they are very religious, but they're also very friendly. And I'll say that the suburbs... I lived in suburbs of Chicago for a while, like for almost ten years, seven years, when I was in college. And... It wasn't very friendly there, and I think other places in the country are even less friendly, but Arkansas is way more laid back and friendly than the suburbs of Chicago, so, um, unless you live in northwest Arkansas, which I get the feeling is just like the suburbs of, suburbs of Chicago because of all the corporate involvement there because of Walmart, but I don't live in northwest Arkansas, thank God, so, um, all right, back to Neville Goddard. What was I saying? Yeah, so my my specific example here. Um, so we've been wanting to get out of the state, and I, and then we decided um, to move to another state. Um, decided to move to another state, um, Colorado, Colorado, we were trying to move to Colorado, um, and I had actually got another number of job, two, two job interviews there, and first job interview I got in, and it was like, definitely a toxic work environment, I could tell right away when I started talking to the, um, one of the owners, I was like, and, and just the way they hired, they actually put an ad in the paper, so that's like bad news, my opinion (laughs) uh if you work for somebody who has to put an ad in the paper um usually you want to get a job where it's like word of mouth um and they like had somebody work for them for 10 years and then they left because that means that it's actually a decent place to work um if somebody stays there for 10 years um and so anyways i had some misgivings about this place and it turned out like they were all true given the questions they were asking me in the interview, so I kind of bombed the interview a little bit on purpose. I was just super honest, and that meant that I didn't do well in the interview, and sure enough, they didn't want to hire me. Um, And then, uh, but another job I did want, uh, actually seemed like it was happening, but they were like, I wanted to live in the town my brother lives in, and this town that the job was in was like an hour and a half away over mountains, through some like kind of difficult mountain passes um so it'd be a long commute and they offered to do remote work but then and it seemed like it was happening and then just like everything cut off and I was actually getting ready to say yes to their offer because they said that we could do like a remote thing um but I but I was like no I I, I, it's not exactly what I wanted and what I also like what I really wanted and what I really want um, I don't know. I don't want to say it because I don't want to mess it up. But it's to have a lot more autonomy, basically. And also to live in two places at once. Um, which I can do if I... Um, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on right now, so I don't want to say it all. But I will say that the Colorado stuff, I like... Anyways, like a week ago, this guy wrote me back again, and he was like, Hey, 
now we do have an opening. Do you st- are you still interested? And I could have said yes, and I could have been out in Colorado, but it, that's not exactly what I wanted. And that's when I realized that, like, I'm teaching myself that, like, you can ask for exactly what you want. And you should definitely go for exactly what you want. Especially if you feel it in your heart. If you feel it in your heart. Like, you should go for it. Like, that's what you need. That's where you need to go, I think. Um, that's what seems to be the case right now. Um, so. If stuff comes, if stuff comes to pass, I mean, like, for instance, my current job, like, I definitely manifested my current job, like, there's not really any doubt in my mind about that, that's why I ended up starting this podcast, Uh, um, so, I mean, that one in particular, like, I was at my, my current, my old job, and I was just really stressed out one day, and um, I thought to myself, you know what I want is just a job that's like, just a job. Like, nobody thinks they're important. Nobody's trying to win architecture awards all the time. It's just, it's just work. And I would be happy with that, you know. Like, just, because I come from this background where it's like, you always want to like, be amazing, I guess, I don't know, very type A, type A background, I was like, I just want to relax, just relax, so I have time to work on music and poetry and stuff, <coughs> and, and then, uh, situations, and, and then sh- shortly after that, I discovered Abraham Hicks, and started doing the Abraham Hicks stuff, which is basically the Neville Goddard stuff, and where it's like, you imagine the feeling of how it would be, and you meditate on that feeling, and sure enough, like, an opportunity came up to be at my current job. And it was like everything came right into place. And I was like, this is exactly what I asked for. And so, and I, and I followed, and it happened very quickly. Um, so I'm kind of doing that again. Uh, and it seems like it's happening. And in addition, I'm learning about, I'm learning these Neville Goddard lectures and really starting to understand it. And it, what really feels good it's like when I was growing up, like I was really into the Bible and like a lot. And I, and I really like wanted to discover the secrets of the Bible. And I think in some ways the doctrine of science and certainty got in the way of my growth in that area. But it feels like at my core, like as a, like in my center as like, as a child, like this Bible stuff feels very much at home for me. So, like, um, that's why I'm going to keep working at it. So, anyways, I'm almost done with my drive here, so I'm going to stop recording. But, uh, thanks for listening. And definitely thanks for listening. Yeah. Anybody listening, it's really awesome you're listening. Really appreciate it. And, uh, I'll be recording more. Keep on recording. So, Thanks for keeping on, keeping on. All right.
Alright, now it's bye for real. Once I enter and... Okay, sorry I've been recording so much lately. Um, I just... I'm, I'm Neville Goddard's got me going, man. He's got me going. Um, I, like, I was at work just now and, like, two minutes ago. And I was, like, listening to him talk. And then I was like... Oh man, like I gotta go, I gotta go record something. So like, uh, so now I'm here recording right now. Um, yeah, so he was talking about, um, the Bible, when Jesus dies, um, they, uh, well, Jesus is buried, um, Jesus, excuse me, Jesus is crucified at this hill called Golgotha which means place of the skull and Neville Goddard is like place of the skull Jesus is crucified in your mind that's the only place Jesus was ever crucified he was talking he was like they're trying to find Jesus crucified they're trying to find where Jesus where Golgotha was in the city and evidence that Jesus was crucified there he's like they won't find it he was like because Jesus was only crucified in one place in your mind that's the only place Jesus has been crucified because the whole Bible is like allegorical of your mind of your consciousness journey and he is like and so Jesus has to arise in your mind um and uh and he's talking about how uh we're imprisoned in our minds and um it reminded me um as he was talking about he was like everything in your mind it's, it's like everything is occurring to you in your mind and, um, I had, um, a psilocybin trip recently, um, that, um, was just like this, um, where, like, everything, I've heard about this too, other people have talked about this too, I've heard, um, it's called Flat World, but, um, I had, like, a psilocybin chocolate and uh everything and it took like an hour or two to kick in but then it kicked in and everything went flat um I don't know if I can release this I'm not am I allowed to talk about this on a podcast surely that's okay it might not be okay though I've heard other people talk about it, but maybe I haven't ever heard anybody talk about that. Really? Oh, man. Come on. Um, I don't know if I can release this now, uh, that I'm talking about, uh, um, a psychedelic journey. Surely it's fine. It's, it's okay. Michael Pollan has, like, a TED Talk about this stuff. Anyways, I'm just going to go ahead and say what happened. So, like, everything went flat. Like, like, and this has happened to me before in my life. Like, I've perceived this before, too, where it's like, uh, it looks like a cubist painting or something where everything kind of, like, you just all of a sudden perceive everything as, like, a painting. Uh, and, like, you see all the shadows and everything, but there's no depth to it. Um... 
did I say this yesterday? Holy cow, now I'm like really freaking myself out. Um, man, I hope I'm not repeating myself. Um, yeah, so like, um, anyways, this happened to me. I go to Flat World, and I was just thinking about how like Neville was like, it's all like dead in your skull. Like all of all of reality is dead in your skull. And I think like with that trip, it was like, yeah, look, see, everything like that you're perceiving is like actually just this like dead perception. Uh, and it's like, it's like the real journey is like this like consciousness, consciousness journey of your mind. Um, man, I get into this stuff. It's so cool. Isn't that cool? It's really cool to think about this. Like, oh, it's so awesome. Uh, This idea that, like, the real journey is your mind. It's your consciousness. And it's true. It's true. Like, think about it. Like, all of your thoughts are, like, about the future or the past. Very little thoughts about the present. Because your mind is, like, formulating all these situations and stuff. But then there's, like, this whole, like, alternate, like, other side of things like the buddhist side of things which is like the present moment is actually a very rich moment too so it's like the actual act of being here is this weird thing and man it's it's cool to think about this um yeah i thought i'd have more to say and maybe i just tag this on to the end of like another episode I don't know um I just was thinking about it like I was like when he was like everything in your skull is dead like it's like this whole like you like Christ is entombed in your skull until you realize that like you are the operative generator of your perceptions that's the best way to say it you're the operative generator of your perceptions. And once you start acting in that place, like, start acting in, like, start, like, watching those perceptions, once you start doing that, stuff starts happening. I'm telling you. It it works. Like, stuff starts happening. And that's what Neville Goddard is getting at. And that's what he contends the whole Bible is. Um, it's the... It's crazy. It's a crazy thing. It doesn't make sense at all. But I don't know. I just think our I think our cultural preconceptions are, are way off on what actually is going on. Um, so um, I'm really feeling the urge to record a bunch of podcasts and I really want to finish Charles Eisenstein's book, so I'm probably going to push to do that. I also have a lot of work to do at my jobs, um, so I, but I just got to make time. I just got to make time for it. So anyways, um, many thanks to the listeners who listen. Um, yeah, I... I I think it's, I think, imagine if you, like, 
even know how to describe this. Like, uh, let's say you decided, like, let's say you're somebody, when you drive home, you talk to yourself in your car. And all of a sudden, you're like, wait, I've got a great idea. I'll record myself, and I'll distribute it anonymously to whoever wants to listen. And I'm just going to see who listens. Um, that's, that's pretty much what I'm doing. And, um, I don't know. Thank you for lending me your ears. That's, uh, it's a commitment. Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not as ordered as I'd like to be, for sure. Um, but maybe, um, I don't know. I just, I'm just trying to, trying to make some friends, I guess. (laughs) In my own weird way. Um, so anyways, um, talk about all this awakening stuff when I'm driving around the airport because I drive this route a lot around the airport and I don't have to drive it I mean, it's kind of out of my way but it's just right there and it feels really good for some reason to drive this little route around the airport um, Well, I guess that's all I have to say. Um, And that's it. So, uh, talk to you again. Thanks.